Did you miss Canty and Carlin? This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app on Sirius XM Channel 80 and on your smart speakers. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. We have one of those Cornets with us today. Shay Cornette <laughs> is with us. I am Amber Wilson. We are filling in for the guys, of course, here on Canty and Carlin. You can always give us a call. Join the conversation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line, 888-ESPN-888-729-3776. So the Cooper Rush experience, Shay, in Dallas was a rush. He kept them afloat. He he even made it interesting last week when they were down 20 at one point, right? He did just enough. That's all he needed to do. There is no quarterback controversy in Dallas, though. Dak Prescott is the starter in Dallas, and it appears that Dak Prescott is going to be back doing just that this Sunday. He has said as much. Here is the direct quote from Dak Prescott during today's practice. Quote, there's no restrictions. I'm happy to be back. Just to be clear, it appears he's starting on Sunday. And a reporter asked him that. He followed up direct quote, I am, full stop. Mike McCarthy, he's the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. He was, of course, also asked about Dak's status. Here's McCarthy. I mean, number one, just stay stay clear, you know, medically, which, you know, everything has been excellent uh, to date. And then just really just the, the time clock. He's just got to get his timing back. So, I mean, I, I think like any, any player that comes back from return to play, there's the timing component, regardless of your position. He had a full workout in Philadelphia, and we're doing everything we can to, you know, to make sure that we're giving him an opportunity to be ready. So we'll do the same thing today. So, Shea, assuming that this is Dak's return, it couldn't come against a better team, right? They take on the Detroit Lions. The Lions are coming off a bye. They've been terrible against the pass this season. Feels like an easy way to ease Dak back into things. Yeah, I mean, and they have a bye week coming up in two weeks. They have two NFC North squads ahead of that in the Lions and then the Bears. And so, yes, this is like two get-right games for Dak. I'll say this, though. The Lions can put up points at a premium, so they're going to have to go toe-to-toe. Good news for Dak Prescott. Last year, obviously, we know, and this is what we're going to have to base this off of is his stats last year. Third in passer rating, third highest red zone completion percentage, fifth in pass touchdown rate. I mean, you get it. He knows how to also put points up at a premium. I want to go back to something you said, though, about Cooper Rush and obviously that experiment being over and there's no quarterback controversy because there was a lot of times on these airways on different shows we actually had to have the discussion about that in Dallas. And it was like the perfect time for Cooper Rush to kind of falter against, albeit a very good Eagles team, for this kind of to go to kaput. Because had, for some reason, Cooper Rush and the Cowboys won that game, this would be a very different week in the way we're approaching these conversations. And so I'm happy that we don't have to do that and we don't have to go through that. And now Dak Prescott is back. But I think getting right for these next two games, win, lose, draw, it doesn't matter. As long as he looks better, he looks like, as as McCarthy said, his timing is, is more accurate. He can grip that football and throw it properly and then you got a nice bye week and then your second half of the schedule is very difficult a lot more difficult than these next two games so I hope for Dak's sake that he feels really 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 truly ready to go and then he can get two starts under his belt to kind of get all the kinks out yeah the timing couldn't have worked out better for the Cowboys right where we kind of see the the fact that Cooper Rush is a backup, we see it very obviously uh-huh. last week. And again, not to take anything away for what Cooper Rush has done for the Cowboys this season. Nobody expected the Cowboys to be in this situation once Dak went down so early with an injury. So all credit to Cooper Rush. But it became very glaringly obvious he's a backup for a reason and that you've got to put Dak back in there when Dak's healthy. The good news, I think, also, Shay, though, with the timing of this. So now you get Dak back out there against the Lions. And you can kind of run around with the same 
game plan that you were dealing with with your backup quarterback. You can be a lot more reliant on your run game. You can kind of utilize that same system right now to ease Dak back into things. Because I don't know if Dak necessarily needs to light it up all over the place against a team like the Lions. Now, if he does, great, because again, the Lions are terrible against the pass. But you're facing a team with far less talent than the one that you have on it. And because of that, this gives him an opportunity to sort of ease his way back in. So we might still see them go run pretty heavy this week and maybe even next week. And then you'll get an opportunity for Dak to start airing it out. Yeah, I, I see, I think he does have to kind of sling it all over the place, and that's why this is a good game for him to start, just because of the amount of points that the Lions can put up. Um, when you look at their schedule, um, or I shouldn't say that, when you look at the teams that Detroit has played in the past and the amount of points that they've put up, albeit in losses, but remember that Seahawks game? I mean, the Seahawks had to score 48 points, and they only won by three. Patriots, let's throw that out the window because that was a 29 nothing loss and it was awful. But you know what I mean? So it, we saw it against the Seahawks, which is a very prolific, um, proficient, I should say, offense, which we know the Cowboys to be as well, that they're going to have to put points up. Although I love what I see from Tony Pollard and obviously Zeke. Like their run game is strong as well. But to me, I think this is a, an opportunity for Dak to go out because they've got such a good pass rush. They've got such a good defense. Like this is an opportunity. So hopefully rely on your defense to slow them down so that they don't score a lot of points. But for Dak to also showcase like what his arm talent can be and that he can grip that football and kind of just work through some things and how it's feeling his thumb at least through the first half of the game and then at the end to make adjustments. So I, I, I'm excited for Dak. I love that I'm back. Yes, I'm definitely starting. There's no back and forth. It's Thursday. Got a few days to prepare, adjust our fantasy lineups. I love this. I'm excited for the Cowboys and to see what they can look like at full strength because we've barely seen that thus far. Yeah, we've barely seen it this far. So we'll see this Cowboys team at full strength against the Lions, against the Bears, against the Packers. Heck, maybe we the throw them in that conversation of yeah. easy teams to play against right now, Shay. Uh, and then I guess it gets a little bit more real after that with the Vikings, I guess. I mean, that's even a question mark, right? But hey, the Vikings are sitting at 5-1. and one. Is it possible, by the way, that the three best NFC teams are in the NFC East? Because it yeah. feels uh, like it. What? It's very possible. It's you very kidding? possible. I, I couldn't believe when I said this the other day, Amber, I was on SportsCenter, and I'm like, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I feel like the best teams, yeah, reside in the NFC mm-hmm. East, which we laughed about being the NFC least for the longest, and now they're the NFC beast. It's true. Like, the it's NFC bizarre. South is horrendous. The NFC North is terrible. I mean, the Eagle, you, you have the only undefeated team in your division. Of course, you're going to say they're the best. And the, and the Giants, hey, they look like they got their stuff together, too. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy for that division. I really am. I hope the division I root for in the NFC North can turn it around in the way they did because, my goodness, I never thought I'd see the day, but here we are. Here we are. The Road to the World Series goes through ESPN Radio. That's here as well. Catch all the postseason action presented by AutoZone on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. So Dak is not the only quarterback returning from injury this week. Of course we have to get into that. This is Canty and Carlin, Amber Wilson, and Shay Cornette filling in for the guys on ESPN Radio. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. 
Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Amber Wilson and Shay Cornette filling in for the guys here on Canty and Carlin. You can follow her on Twitter at Shay Pepler. You can follow me at Amber W Sports. So, Shay, we all know what happened with Tua Tungavaloa, right? We all witnessed it. We all saw it before our eyes. But now Tua himself has addressed what happened to him. And in doing so, admitted that he did lose consciousness during the Bengals game. Here was the the, uh, quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. I wouldn't say it was scary for me at the time. Um... Because there were there there was a point where um, I was I was unconscious, so I, I couldn't you know really tell what was going on. Um, so you know when when I did come to and kind of realize uh, what was going on, what was happening, you know I I, I never I didn't think of of anything um, you know long term or short term. I was just wondering what happened. Uh, so, yeah. You remember much about that night? Yeah, I remember the entire night up to the point where uh, I got tackled. It was very honest of him. Uh, he always says the right things, Shay, frankly. Uh, I don't know if the team wanted him to be quite as honest or forthcoming as he was. It's like hearing it again and hearing him admit that he was totally unconscious. Even if we all saw it, there's something about hearing it that bothers me as we head into a game where we're about to see him back yeah I, this doesn't surprise me what he told us i um i, I i'm grateful for his honesty I, I think we could all see that that's probably what happened and why everyone took such issue with the way things were handled leading up to that exact moment and beyond that um what i'll say is why would he be thinking of anything else besides his immediate health? Like, he, of course, he's not thinking about long term or of course, he's not thinking about what's going to happen in two weeks. He's like, I just want to be sure I can see straight and I understand what's happening in this exact moment and that I'm understanding everyone's words coming out of their mouth. Um, for me, this has been an eye opening experience, like not only covering this Amber like you and I do on the radio and television, but also then like hearing all the outside noises. And like for once, I feel like everyone has the same opinion. Everyone wants the protocol calls to change and for player safety especially when in terms of head trauma to be much more I don't know where clear I guess is the word much more clear where I think any of us thought in the game prior to that against the Bills he shouldn't have played the second half and he did then he probably shouldn't have played against the Bengals but he did like those mistakes can't happen anymore and it doesn't matter who you are or how you feel we all feel the same way about that and I think him saying this remains to keep us all on the same page and I really appreciate that because I think that this has gone this whole issue with the Dolphins albeit I think it was handled terribly terribly I think at least now going and I I feel bad that Tua has to be the scapegoat kind of for this or 
has to be the example. But I think going forward, it creates a clear message of we have to use common sense. When we see something that doesn't look right, let's run with that and let's not look back. I don't care how many doctors are looking at somebody. and Let's all be on the same page. And I think hopefully we're on the path to doing that. Well, and they created an avenue for us to be able to do that, right? Like that's how things are handled because the Dolphins did. And I mean, this is me saying this is a Dolphins fan, so it's not going to sound very objective, but the Dolphins did by the book anyways, follow the rules, right? I mean, they didn't do anything outside of the rules. The problem was you could argue the policy itself or the rules and that you kind of have to have, like you suggested, this common sense factor that even if he clears these concussion protocols, maybe there should be something else there when we've all seen it, the eye test, so to speak. And that's kind of what they implemented when they changed the rules. And it's hard for people to give the NFL credit. It's easy to hate on the commissioner and it's easy to chastise the NFL, even though we all love it. I mean, we all love it so much, but it's what we do, right? Except for I do think that here you've got to give the NFL and the NFLPA a ton of credit because I have never seen them react so swiftly to something and in accord in the way that they did with this situation with Tua. And they do that because you're right, ultimately everybody is trying to protect players. Nobody wants to watch a game where we're concerned about the long-term health effects or the short-term health effects. And of course, those exist in football. You're never going to be able to completely take it out of football. But when it comes to the brain, we've learned so much. And in doing so, we've learned ways to protect the these guys moving forward in life. And so, yes, in that moment, it would be ridiculous for Tua to be considering what happens to him in 20 or 30 or 40 years. That should be the job of somebody else. Because in that moment, when he is suffering or waking up or feeling groggy, whether we're talking about that Bills game or whether we're talking about that Bengals game, he's only concerned in that moment about that moment and his own survival, of course. And so you have to have other people in place to act as safeguards for these guys and make the best decisions for these guys moving forward, taking into account not just that moment, but beyond. Yeah, um, you know, I I spoke to someone with the NFL like soon after this had happened, and I thought this was interesting and something I didn't quite realize in terms of now they have all these different doctors essentially and team personnel who who know the player around when these kinds of things happen because a lot of times a player can pass concussion protocol right like they can they can pass all the different tests but their personality is different because they have a concussion but they've passed all of the tests and so you have to have someone in the room who knows that player and I don't know if that person was in the room or not with Tua in the Bills game or or, or beyond that but then they can assess like Okay, he might have passed all those tests you just put him through, but I can tell he's acting weird because I know this dude and I see him every single day. He shouldn't play the second half. And I think having that second opinion is extremely important because obviously not everyone is going to fit into the same box. Not everyone's going to have the same symptoms or whatever. And so I thought that was really smart of the NFL and the NFLPA to implement that, like having people around that know the player and their tendencies and their personality to ensure that we don't make these kind of mistakes where it's like, oh, yeah, I've never been in the room for a concussion test like I don't know all they do but if it's you know oh can you stand on one foot or whatever you know like it's beyond that where you understand exactly what is happening with that player going forward but Yes, Tua coming back, I think, makes us all feel a little bit different, right? Like, I'm excited for him because of what he was able to accomplish when he was fully healthy with the Miami Dolphins. Essentially, they were undefeated with him under center. But, of course, I think everyone's going to be kind of watching, like getting ready to hold their breath to be sure that he is 100% and they see that out of him. And I think him speaking to the media today obviously went a long way in that.
Yeah, I think so. And it's one reason that I'm sure that they made sure that he did and that he addressed it head on. And I listen, I give the Dolphins credit for that, for allowing him to speak freely. We don't get transparency True. from these robot quarterbacks. So let's take a moment to applaud to uh, and, the, and the Dolphins. And I know nobody wants to applaud the Dolphins over the last couple of weeks here. But the fact that now they've sort of pivoted and maybe learned a better way to handle this, handling it with transparency, because that's not at all what it felt like a couple of weeks ago from this team. I do think that there is now though a different just perspective when we're going to be watching Tua play and and it's it's concerning because if he is cleared and I'm not I mean I don't want to sit out here Shay and pretend to be any sort of doctor and goodness knows over the last couple weeks I've seen enough of that all over the place right but the reality is we're all going to be watching it more closely and every hit to it takes, we're all going to be grimacing a bit more than maybe if somebody else was under center. And that's just sort of the reality of it. And also this Dolphins O-line is bad. I can say that as a Dolphins fan, this Dolphins O-line is bad. Even with the Toronto Armstead upgrade, it hasn't panned out like we thought it's bad. It's the reason that they have had in four straight games, they have lost their starting quarterback in four straight games. The root of the problem here is that these quarterbacks aren't protected well enough, so they're getting hit. So by that philosophy, Shay, unfortunately, Tua is going to get hit because that line isn't good enough. And that's not to say that he shouldn't be out there getting hit because, again, I'm no doctor. And I would assume at this point that they've been as careful with him as medically possible and that he is all well and good to play. I, I do believe that at this point. But the reality is we're all going to be grimacing a bit extra, I think, every time he is. I agree. I, I think so, too. But you know what? Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing hopefully what he can do on the field and hopefully he can remain healthy and the Dolphins can have a clean game where everyone, at least under center and beyond, stays healthy. I mean, that would be remarkable because we haven't seen it now, like I said, four straight games. The Dolphins have lost their starting quarterback. They take on the Steelers, as Shea mentioned, on Sunday night. So you're getting a Sunday night game as well. Everybody's going to be interested to see two. And then, by the way, there's also this little component of this story, Shay, where the Dolphins were very good before Tua went down with the injury. I mean, the Dolphins were a very good team. So... We'll see if they can get back to looking like one of the better teams in the NFL when Tua is back under center, if he, in fact, can get back to the Tua that we saw before that initial hit in the Buffalo Bills game. This is Canty and Carlin, Amber Wilson and Shay Cornette filling in for the guys. Then there's another issue the NFL has faced over the last few years, and a former Defensive Player of the Year helps us dive into it. That is after this word from FanDuel. Football season's underway. So now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to 1000 bucks. That's free bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just sign up with promo code PLAY. The app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. So sign up today with promo code PLAY for your no-sweat first bet. Make every moment more this season with FanDuel, official sports book partner of the NFL. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Part of the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.
Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson and Shay Cornette filling in for the guys today. You can always give us a call. Join the conversation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Joining us right now, an NFL legend, Jason Taylor, three-time All-Pro DN, 2006 Defensive Player of the Year. And JT, thanks so much for joining us. You're brought to us on behalf of Smirnoff, the world's number one vodka kickoff plans for the NFL season. We will get to all of that with you, your work with Smirnoff in just moments. But I want to start by bringing you in on a conversation that Shay and I were just having because we were talking about Tua Tungavaloa. He's going to be back, it appears, this week against the Steelers. What were your thoughts on the whole situation with Tua and how the Miami Dolphins handled it? Um, well, first of all, I, I thought – you know, we all saw it played out on national TV, the Thursday night game in Cincinnati where, you know, he was laying on the ground for 10 or 12 minutes or however long it was, too long. Um, but really, if you go back a week, the week prior when, you know, he took the – it wasn't a sack, but he took a hit and got up stumbling. I felt like that was – that was um, probably – and there's no probably. I mean, everyone understands it was handled incorrectly and, and uh, you know, too, it was – Obviously hurt. They said it was a back injury, which I thought was kind of slap in the face to some people, um, to some people's intelligence or the whole football America's intelligence. And, and uh, you know, unfortunately, he took a big hit in Cincinnati the following week. So it's, you know, we, we have to do a, a good job of protecting players, but I think the overreaction from what happened in consecutive weeks with Tua also led to Chris Jones being penalized for a call that was absolutely in, in absurd. And and there was another one too. I forget who it was. But there was another one that same week that was just a, a drastic overreaction and, and really affected the game. And, and you know, people look look back at these things where the overreaction causes a penalty late in the game that costs a team a game that in turn can cost someone a job. And it's just we 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 have to be better. We have to do a better job. Okay, we're going to get to those roughing the passer penalties in just a minute because obviously we want more of your perspective on that. But back to to the Dolphins and what they have in front of them now. So they've lost three in a row, four straight weeks where, where their starting quarterback essentially goes down with injury or goes into concussion protocol or whatever it is. So now you've got Tua coming back to face a Steelers team that's been up and down all season long. And so do you think Tua can come back into the fold here and kind of solve the Dolphins' problems and get them back on track? Well, it'll help, but it's been it's been insane, and I'm not going to sit here and be a dolphin apologist and 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 beg for people's sympathy because they're they've been beaten up. You know, every team in the league deals with it, but it just it's crazy how you know Tua gets hurt and then Teddy comes in and Teddy plays one play and then he's out for the game and then Skyler has to come in and play and then Skyler starts the next game and early in that game he gets he gets knocked out and Teddy comes back. It's like, how, and and where does this happen? Like it's just. You know, and you, 
if you've been around Miami long enough, you're like, you know, only, you see all these things only in Miami or only in Dade and all these, it's just like, it's crazy what they've had to go through and then they lose Nick Needham to an injury. So I think Tua coming back can help steady the ship a little bit. Um, they had early success those first three games. Um, didn't play great at all the time, but but hung in there and came back and, you know, the, the big comeback against Baltimore and, and then having, you know, coming, playing well and beating the Bills. You know, so, you know, Tua has that rapport with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle and Mike Kosicki, and the, the offense ran pretty sm- not smoothly, but ran very efficiently um, with him in, 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 under center. And hopefully that will be the steadying factor for this week as well. And the defense can can play it, play well, and, and, get, and get back on the winning track. It really is the most Miami Dolphins thing ever. I mean, I say that with affection as a Dolphins fan <laughs> and after working down there for 15 years, and it's like, of course this happens to the Dolphins losing their starting quarterback four games in a row. Jason Taylor, three-time All-Pro DN, 2006 Defensive Player of the Year, joining us here on Canty and Carlin. Amber Wilson and Shea Cornette filling in for the guys. So you mentioned, though, those roughing the passer penalties. Obviously, the protection there of Derek Carr and Tom Brady maybe heightened to levels that we've never seen before because of the overreaction of Tua. What is a defensive player supposed to do in this day and age, Jason? I I don't know. I mean, I wish I could answer the question more eloquently, but I I just, what do you do? You know, Chris Jones makes a great play, beats a block, comes and hits the quarterback. The ball comes out. Chris Jones gets the ball in his possession and happens to land on a quarterback and gets a penalty for it. Like, what are we doing? Like, I just, I, I don't get it. And then the other one, um, I forget who the player was, same on me, but it, it, he grabs the quarterback around the waist and brings him to the ground. He rolls over and brings the quarterback to the ground. The same play you see all day, receivers catching the ball across the middle and a DB comes up, grabs him by the waist, throws him on the ground. It happens with running backs every play. And – and Tom Brady gets taken down, and and there's a penalty, and, and a big penalty that that that's, that's costly. It's like it's uh it's frustrating for for defenders. You have to keep playing. You got to play aggressively. This is a, an aggressive, violent game, and and they have to play it as such. But again, the overreaction affected games, and that's that's disappointing. Um, I know losing losing a guy can affect the game as well. Um, you know, we always talk about the next man up thing but in the league, but it's, it doesn't always apply when you're talking about the quarterback position. But it is to to affect the game with a really a crazy bogus bogus penalties, and then come out a couple of days later and, and defend those those said penalties is uh, a little bit of a head scratcher, but doesn't surprise me. Yeah, there's got to be some happy medium, I feel like, between all of this that's gone on over the last couple of weeks in the NFL. Yeah, you. you uh- Go ahead, Jason. What were you yeah, you, you play the game. I mean, it, it, you, you play the game. It's a violent game. People are going to get banged up. It's part of it. People are going to get hurt. And, and unfortunately, sometimes people do get injured. Every play in the NFL dang near hurts. I mean, it's it's a it's a it's a contact collision game. But I mean, that's that's what we have to do. Go play the game. And yeah, protect the quarterback's head and take away some of the, the hits to the head and things that we're trying to make the game somewhat safer. But to to have guys running around and really not knowing what the, what the rule is week to week. And then, you know, because who's under center or behind center may or may not get called differently than, than another guy who's just as important to his football team. It just that doesn't make, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And, and I trust that the, the teams and the players and the coaches and, and the NFL as a whole will get it worked out and figured out and, and we'll be better going forward and protecting guys when they're not, when they're not in a, in a state to play. 
Um, and also not overreacting and snatching guys out of a game just because they take a hard hit when they may not be concussed at all. No, yeah, no doubt. NFL legend Jason Taylor joining us now here on Canty and Carlin on behalf of Smirnoff is the world's number one vodka kickoff plans for the NFL season. And so, uh, Jason, give us a little insight as to what you're doing with them. It's about time we talk about something fun. <laughs> <laughs> vodka. No, we, we talked about some of the we talked about some of the problems the Dolphins have had. Well, here's here's a great one. Here's here's a great situation going on for the Miami Dolphins and really all the NFL and all football fans. Is Smirnoff, who is the official vodka sponsor of the NFL is in town this week for the Miami Dolphins game to celebrate the 50th anniversary of the undefeated 1972 Miami Dolphins team. And in doing so, we're going to have, we're going to have, bringing out all the, all the Dolphin friends, having football cocktails, having a great time in Miami, culminated by the Sunday night football game, which is the Miami Dolphins versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, but Spiridoff is looking for one particular, one particular role they're trying to fill, and that's a cocktail coordinator. And I know that sounds, what is a cocktail coordinator? I've heard of defensive coordinator, special teams coordinator, offensive coordinator. Well, a cocktail coordinator is that person, that man or woman that can make that most crowd-pleasing championship cocktail and to bring people together, having a great time around football, using a smear, using Smirnoff vodka. And here's what we're trying to do. We're trying to find that cocktail coordinator. You can go to best job in America because, let's be honest, being a cocktail coordinator in any walk of life is going to be the best job. So go to bestjobinamerica.smirnoff.com and just submit a 30 to 60 second video showing you're making your, your, your favorite signature championship cocktail, put the recipe in there, and then Smirnoff is going to select one person to be that coordinator. And that person and three of their friends are going to get a trip to the Super Bowl in Arizona at the end of the season. Not only that, you're going to go to Arizona with three of your friends aboard a private jet. Now, we all know how much – airfare can be nowadays and how difficult it is to get around airports don't worry about that we're going to pick you up on a private jet with three of your friends take you to arizona for being the cocktail coordinator courtesy of smirnoff and oh and by the way you know the dolphins you've been a dolphin fan a long time the dolphins 72 team always toast when the last team in the, in the league you know is no longer undefeated we're hoping that happens this weekend you know with philadelphia whoever they're playing hopefully they can at least lose one game and allow that 72 team to still stand, which I think will anyway. But how perfect would it be with Smirnoff in town celebrating the undefeated team for it to happen this weekend and we get to have a Smirnoff undefeated cocktail? That's what I'll be drinking this week you know, prior to the game and throughout the, throughout the course of the game. Private Jets and Vodka, sign me up. NFL legend Jason Taylor, yeah, JT, <laughs> fins up. Thanks for stopping by. Anytime. Thanks, everyone. Have a great one. You, Coming up next here on Canty and Carlin, why tonight's Thursday night football game is all of a all of a sudden a must watch. That is next. Amber Wilson and Shay Cornette filling in for the guys here on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Shay Cornette and Amber Wilson filling in for the guys here on Canty and Carlin. And Shay, five years after Jerry Jones tried to keep Commissioner Roger Goodell from getting a new contract, Jerry is back 
doing it again. He was the lone dissent in a vote by 31 to 1 on Tuesday that the league's compensation committee authorized to negotiate a new deal with Roger Goodell. It appears Jerry Jones, uh, the only one of the NFL owners, not so happy apparently with maybe Mr. Goodell's performance or more likely maybe not so happy with the fact that he himself is not on the compensation committee or, Shay, maybe that he's not the commissioner of the NFL. Okay, he does. Jerry Jones doesn't like Roger Goodell. I mean, this is now like this is what we've come to know. And maybe Jerry Jones wants to actually be the commissioner of the NFL because he's so. the only owner that we all wait every week to hear from his press conference. We all wait to see what he's going to say. He has the final decision and feels like virtually everything. Like he is, he is a different brand of owner in the NFL. And it's this to me, it's laughable almost, quite frankly, because look, whether you agree or not with what. Um, Roger Goodell has done in years past or whether or not you think he deserves an extension or whatever. That's that's not the story here. It's the fact that it's the only person is Jerry Jones. And it's like, clearly, these two don't get along. These two don't like each other. And you could argue these are probably two of the, or they, I think they're two of the very powerful faces of the National Football League and their conversations are few and far between and they usually involve some sort of profanity. So I, I, I just mm-hmm. find this to be slightly comical because I'm like, Jerry probably wishes he had Goodell, Goodell's job at this point, because then he could have a hand in literally everything that the National Football League touches. Yeah, I mean, according to Don Van Houten Jr., reportedly, Jones told Robert Kraft, don't, um, how do I put it, bleep with me? Yeah. Without F the bleep. Um, like don't, yeah, don't do that uh, with me. And then apparently Robert Kraft said to him, uh, excuse me, and then Jerry Jones said, don't mess with me. Modified his language a little bit, cleared it up. But really, now that's the the president of the compensation committee and apparently Jerry Jones taking aim at several of the owners as he is voting against this Roger Goodell new contract last time around it turned into a major fight Shay, where Jerry Jones and Roger Goodell and then it ends up in litigation Jones ultimately ends up having to pay the attorney's fees that were incurred by the league in dealing with Jerry Jones threats when they ended up handling handing Roger Goodell a new contract five years ago don't it they doesn't have bigger fish to fry than well, all this nonsense Right? I mean, it's amazing. Like, it doesn't seem like Jerry's going to go down that path again. It seems like maybe this time he recognizes that's not the hill to die on. But man, Jerry Jones will not quit in his disdain, apparently, for Roger Goodell and Roger Goodell's payment. Chris back in our check is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Amber Wilson and Shay Cornette filling in for the guys here on Canty and Carlin. Let's have some fun. Let's bring in our producer, Evan Wilner, for Respect It or Check It. What's up, Evan? All right, the loser of tonight's card, Saints game, will miss the playoffs. Respect It or Check It, Shay? Uh, respect it. I don't think either of these teams are very good. I'll say this. I think that the cards, if they win tonight, win tonight's game have a better shot at the postseason than the Saints do and and that's saying a lot considering how absolutely lousy the division is that the Saints play in um so I, I, I just feel like the Cards, maybe they have more talent on their roster. They have DeAndre Hopkins back. Maybe if they can get healthy. I'm not saying they're going to go far in the postseason. I just think they have the better chance at the postseason if they win tonight's game. If I don't see something change tonight, Amber, I'm all out on these Cardinals. I also have to believe that the Cardinals have the better chance of making a postseason. I guess maybe just in part of how they they started last season. I don't really believe in either of these teams. The Saints have a ton of injuries all around. At least the Cardinals, though, getting DeAndre Hopkins back maybe Robbie Anderson makes it a little interesting even though I have a hard time believing it I could see neither of these teams making the playoffs so I will definitely respect this one of them is out Evan 
Taylor Swift's Midnight's teaser trailer will be released during the third mm. quarter of Thursday Night Football, making it must-watch tonight. Respect it or check it, Shay? <laughs> check it. I'm sorry. I, I'm not going to like pile on Taylor Swift because I don't think it's fair the disrespect she gets from some people, but I am not a Swifty. I think that's what they're called at yeah. all. Um, this is not my vibe. This is lame <laughs> a little bit to me. And I feel like they're trying to generate a little bit of juice because Thursday night football just has been bad. I have no idea what the viewership numbers are, but I'm assuming football fans watch football, whether it's good or bad. We don't need to throw Taylor Swift in in the mix. Look, she didn't get the halftime performance. Are we trying to make up for that because we thought she was going to get the halftime performance? Now we have to do this on Thursday night football. That's so lame. Check it. Was that ever a thing, the halftime performance, or did we just make that a thing? I don't know. I, I don't know I'm... the reality of it either. I feel like Taylor Swift would be able to get a halftime if she really wanted to pay the money for one at some point. Uh, I much prefer Rihanna. I am also not a Swifty at all. Boy, this show has changed since Golick Jr. left this show because he <laughs> right. was the ultimate Swifty, right? But uh, yeah, I'm just not. I'm just not about Taylor Swift. She's fine. I don't fully get it. I'm checking this all over the place. Oh, same. It's so it's just corny. Corny. Really, corny is, is the word. Ev, what do you got? Speaking of corny, Russell Wilson conversation coming up <laughs> I later. Was gonna yeah, say. perfect, perfect. He segue. loves Taylor Swift. Three SEC. <laughs> Wait, do we know Russell that? Wilson or me? The music. He loves the music. Russell Wilson or Evan? Russell Wilson. Oh, he would. <laughs> exactly. I'm out. I'm out now. Three SEC teams will make the college football playoff. Respect it or check it, Amber. Oh, three SEC teams. Uh, I, I, yes. You know, mm, do I believe in Tennessee this much? Ooh, ah, ah, uh, sure. How could you? I'm not? an SEC girl. I'm going to respect this. I think somehow, some way, Alabama, just because it's Nick Saban and I never count them out, you just can never count them out. I don't know how that one's going to happen. And obviously, Georgia as well. Fine. I will respect this. This SEC girl will be totally biased and respect this, Shay. Uh, I'm going to check it, but I wish I could respect it. I wish we already had expansion in the college football playoff where this would be a little bit easier to comprehend for all of us. I just can't see a way where you leave out a team like Ohio State or Michigan. I think Clemson could find their way in. Um, I I think there's still opportunity for other conferences, and so I'm going to check it. But I'm not saying it wouldn't be deserved. Look, Tennessee and Alabama and Georgia, Ole Miss is right there too. I mean, they're they're really good football teams, but I just think – that Ohio State, Michigan, Clemson, I think there'll, there'll be two representatives from other conferences. So I want to check it. Three SEC, teams in the co- three SEC teams in the college football playoff? That would be mayhem. And mayhem moments are brought to you by Allstate. Switch oh. to Allstate and save and get protected from this year's mayhem. Pro. OBJ will sign with the Chiefs. <laughs> Respect it or check it, Amber. I will check this. Uh, I do not think he's going to sign with the Chiefs. I think it's an interesting conversation. I know Travis Kelsey's out here recruiting him to the Chiefs, but I think it's far more likely that he ends up with the Packers. That's the team that really, really needs him. Oh, by the way, did we forget about the Rams? Did we forget about the Bills and Von Miller flirting with him? Tom Brady can flirt with anybody. So I think that the Chiefs, frankly, are unlikely. OBJ seems like he's going to have some options here. Uh, I don't know, because I want to believe Travis Kelsey when he hints at this and and I want to believe that what he's saying is probably accurate in terms of freeing up cap space. And maybe this is where he goes. If, if the Chiefs get OBJ, man, the rich just get richer, in my opinion. Not that they couldn't utilize him or need him. But I think there are much bigger des- bigger needs for him elsewhere, and like the Packers. But I, I don't see him going to Green Bay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna actually respect this. I mean, the Packers certainly need him. They certainly need his help uh, if they can get him there. And Aaron Rodgers has been very very vocal that he 
expects that team to be very active on the trade market or the acquisition market. So we will see. I would imagine that he will be in the ears of that front office. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Canty and Carlin, weekdays on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+.